But Jason was such an industry icon. Hold on, man. Stop for a second. What's the matter? Jason is an industry icon. No. No, he's dead to me now. It's over. <laughs> I told you, I'm taking this very Game of Thronesy. <laughs> on this episode of Resi Week, we talk CE Pro promotes Arlen Swagger, modern audio files, and guest house design considerations. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 379, Availability of Disposable Income. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my good friends. First, we have Arlen Schwager. He is the new editor-in-chief at CE Pro, official in about a month. Uh, Arlen, good to have you, my friend. How are you? Always good to be back here, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for joining us. And then we have my favorite Southerner, uh, Stephen Bronner. He's the owner of Pro Audio Georgia. How you doing, buddy? Man, I'm outstanding. Y'all know me. I'm always on the job site. So if you hear something, just let it go. Just let it go. <laughs> oh, there's so many jokes that I won't make there. All right, let's kick this off with the news that I alluded to. This comes to us from CE Pro. Emerald promotes veteran tech journalist Arlen Schweiger to CE Pro editor-in-chief. Uh, he's going to succeed uh, the ousted, no, <laughs> uh, Mr. Jason Knott, who's moved. I, I was trying to make it a little Game of Thronesy. The coronation was this weekend. You know, it, it all kind of went together. Um, Jason Knott has moved on as, as we covered last week. And we alluded to the fact that Arlen uh, got the promotion, which is well-deserved. Uh, so read through the article. It covers his long list of uh, accomplishments and, and some great, notations in here as well it isn't awesome talking like you're not here when you're when you're in the room <laughs> arlen i i am going to start with you on this um obviously this is great for you this is in my opinion great for the industry so first of all congratulations are there going to be are, are there going to be any changes are you just excited to step in and and further the brand and, and push it forward do you have a new vision tell tell me more Sure. I, I would say all of the above, Matt. And, uh, you know, first off, again, thanks for having me and for all, all the things that you guys do at AV Nation. It's great. Uh, I love, you know, being on Resi Week when you've had me on here. And yeah, I'll say uh, it's kind of funny. You know, Jason gave us the news to uh, our editorial team, as well as our sister brand's editorial teams at about four o'clock on a Monday. And it basically was like a shock to the system for me yeah. because we'd been talking about how I would be taking over. Um, we, you know, we planned this out basically like five years ago, sort of had a long-term exit strategy for him. And like I said, it was kind of long-term. And I think the way I put it in the quote was that I didn't expect to hear anything like this for another five to seven years. Yeah. And what it did for me was immediately it started getting me thinking about different ideas that we can implement, um, different things that we can cover, you know, new, potentially new columns for the magazine, you know, different features that we can do, certain things that we can do online, in print, with sales, just all sorts of things. Uh, my, 
you know, I was telling uh, people that my mind was racing at like 90 miles an hour with ideas once it, once it had, you know, once I was aware that it was going to be me. And then, you know, once our editor, our Emerald editor in chief uh, called me and made it official, you know, that just basically solidified all of my thinking. And it was like, okay, I've got two months. And as soon as I take the, uh, the reins, which will be um, officially it's June 9th, but of course I'm immediately going on vacation. Uh, so, you know, really start, starting around June 22nd, it's like just go time, you know, and it's already been kind of that way because I've laid out everything, you know, at least some big things to our editor in chief about our staff and just continuing, you know, making sure that we have that support staff under me. Because as, as you noted um, in my article, I talked about how long Bob Archer has been with CE Pro longer than Jason. And, yeah. you know, Ray Lyons, our publisher, he's been there longer than me. So he, you know, I came in in March of 2006. Um, and then our other sales guys, uh, salespeople have been there pretty long as well. So my first goal was to make sure that no one else was going to be leaving uh, and that, you know, really, I was going in with a really solid support foundation. And also our art, our production staff as well, our graphics um, lead designer, Katie Stockham, has been, you know, all the pages that people get every month, she's the one that puts them together. And she's been doing it since 2006 as well, you know, a few months after I came aboard. Yeah, it's amazing. You, you guys do have a, a phenomenal staff over there. Uh, I've worked with quite a few of them over the years. Stephen, to, uh, to continue talking like... Uh, Arlen's not in the room. Um, <laughs> the and, and again, I, I, by no means am I taking anything away, but Jason was such an industry icon. Hold on, man. Stop for a second. What's Jason that? is an industry icon. No, no, he's dead to me now. It's <laughs> over. <laughs> I told you, I'm taking this very Game of Thronesy. <laughs> I like it. No, I, I, I like it, man. Let's do it. Jason is, gosh, an industry icon. Um, and he'll get a kick out of this. Uh, but Arlen's doing a great job too. And has a, as I said, he's got a great pedigree. Is there anything he needs to do? Or what do you expect to see out of CE Pro in the future? First off, quit with the BS headline. The clickbait, got to stop or I'm going to stop reading it. I'll give you a good example. I, I am a big reader of everything our industry puts out. I read Resi Systems, CE Pro, Commercial Integrator. I even have some electrical contractor magazines I read. I read them all. Um, recently, there was an article put out of brands that need to step it up. And the headline made it look like they were going to tell you brands that were struggling. And as you read it, it was very vague and didn't say anything. And it pissed me off uh, because I don't care. It, it, we all know that there are companies that have bad customer service. That's part of any industry. Don't clickbait me. Yeah, that, that really upset me. Um, if that, I'm sure that was all Jason. Actually, Jason, <laughs> actually, Jason was the one that put the article out. So I'm not blaming Jason for that. I know how corporate stuff works, man. Sometimes you have to put out stuff like that and I get it, but I'm going to tell you in this day and age, people hate being catfished. Uh, we don't like being catfished. We don't like you to say one thing in the open article and it's something different. That is something, and it's happened three or four times in the last six months. And um, 
if you go back and read the articles, I comment on there that this is ridiculous. Um, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And so do other people. Just people don't say anything. They just go, okay, I'm not reading any more newsletters. So what I would say is, is if you want the newsletter to be successful, don't catfish people. Um, because you only get a couple of times to do that, and then you go into the junk pile. Um, I love CU Pro. I, I've, I've always loved it. I was uh, a fan of Julie's when she was there. Um, I've, I've um, been a fan of Jason's. I think that the CU Pro does an amazing job. Um, I don't know how much freedom there is with it being owned by Emerald, uh, but I wish you all the luck in the world, and I hope you have enough editorial freedom to not catch. So that's all I can say about that. I, I wish you the greatest of luck. Man. All right. Let's change topics for a second. This comes to us from Residential Systems. Meet the modern audiophile uh, SVS, uh, who makes uh, speakers and subwoofers, have continue to expand their audience for integrators um, as well as their, their consumer love. Um, part of this, when you read through it, it's a really good article covering a bunch of uh, interesting things that SVS is currently doing, including expanding their, uh, some of their, their dealer events, et cetera. Steven, I, I want to talk with, start with you on this one. Um, SVS is doing a lot to, shall we say, encourage the audiophile space a little bit, Right. Four years, uh, at least in, in my company, the the clients I would refer to as audiophiles were just as the article you know alluded to, they were that 55 plus, right? Um, that has steadily gotten younger. It's still not down to the 25 uh, to 30 age group, but it's getting closer. Has the market shifted that much or is it just... An evolution of the market. Um, the biggest issue with audio files in the younger generation is the cost. Uh, what I find is, is that you read article after article about uh, homes are unaffordable, cars are unaffordable. The average new car these days is forty-eight thousand dollars. Just heard a report on that. Um, I listen to a lot of financial news, and then when I talk to my younger clients, I'll introduce them to something. I have some totem uh, bookshelves that I take to clients' houses, and I set them up, and I always hear the same thing. Holy crap, that sounds amazing. How much is it? And you tell them, and they're like, man. And these aren't even that expensive. They're 10 um, totem bookshelves with uh, their self-power. They're not that expensive, and clients are just like, I really want that sound, but for right now, man, we're just going to use our Sonos portable and, you know, just set it somewhere. Um, I am finding that the audiophile space is heavily dependent on the availability of disposable income. Yeah. And that is what is drawing away the young crowd. It's not necessarily the lack of want to. They want to it. They recognize the quality. They recognize. Otherwise, Title wouldn't have a platform. You yeah. know, Title's entire platform is we sound better. So it's not that they don't want to. It's purely based off the fact that you're trying to sell a really expensive, and I hate the word expensive, it's very subjective. So let's say a, a premium price product. Yeah. So you're selling a premium price product uh, to a clientele that just doesn't have premium money right now. Um, and it's, it's really tough. I just did a backyard demo um, for a set of clients, and they're younger, they've been clients forever. They were on my first Nexus 21 install product. And um, they... 
they listened to the demo and the guy looked at me and he said, Stephen, I absolutely love it, but we only have half that to spend. And I said, no problem. Now, it was the Origin big ballers that just came out. And luckily, their regular ballers that, that sound phenomenal are literally half the cost. Yeah. So it was, it, this time, it wasn't that big a deal. But you're talking about, this guy's really high up with the corporation he worked for. And his wife is really high up with their corporation. And they're still pension Um So I would I would say that before I counted out this generation for their their taste and quality of music, I would keep in mind that they just don't have that. Looking at what Steven said and coupling that with an experience that we continually have in, in, in my personal company where we'll meet people who are quote unquote audiophiles and they're, they're calling themselves that and they're a step above those portables, <laughs> but they're in their mind audiophile is not necessarily meaning, you know, luxury audio or, or premium audio necessarily. It's a love of audio and trying to do the best that they can with, again, what they have in that disposable income realm. Is a lot of this conversation more about really how the the term has, has changed its in, in its meaning? Well, I, I definitely see those sides of being an audiophile, and I see it exactly kind of the way you described. You know, there's the people who are all about the music, and, you know, you might be talking about someone who has, you know, 6,000 classical records or 4,000 jazz records, or like me, like a zillion, you know, Fish and Grateful Dead bootlegs. Like, we all love the music passionately, and that's why we're into it. But like when I was, yeah, when I had a stereo system growing up, I had no idea what else was out there. I knew it and I didn't have a budget for it. But if you look at it these days, you know, the great thing is kind of like what Stephen was saying. And I, I don't like when I don't like when things are referred to as expensive as well, especially in the audio industry, because if you go to a good dealer event, and I'm fortunate enough to have audio advice right down, right around the corner from me here in in, uh, in the Raleigh area, and they put on a, a massive one that I got to attend last year. But third thing is, you know, if you you go to an event or you go to like a music matters night and something like that, and you're going to get people of all budgets, all ranges of budgets, and so. One thing that really kind of struck me about the most recent one they had last summer was just that range. They had these massive aspirational products on display, and you could listen to some. And some, you know, some of them were not active, like the BMW, uh, that crazy Nautilus speaker. Mm -hmm. But others, they had, you know, probably the best room that I heard was um, it was the Martin Logan room with the uh, the Neoliths that were in there. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, those are big five figure speakers, and not every, and they're not for everyone's room. But it was the most amazing sound that I heard all day. But at the same time, on and you know, you go up a few floors where they had most of the rooms concentrated. You know, a, a smart company like, you know, then it was called Sound United. Now they've rebranded, but they were able to use that event to show the difference between, you know, Morantz, Denon, and um, you know, some of their higher speakers compared to say like their Poke Audio brand which is more for like the, maybe the mainstream consumer or JBL as opposed to JBL synthesis. 
And so I think if, you know, if, if, if companies are smart, they can definitely market it the right way, still call it audiophile and appeal to both music lovers and gearheads. Uh, and, you know, one thing I'll throw out reading that article and just things that I experience at shows and having a dealer event can really help with this is music choice and demo music, because being able to go there and to have someone who's running the demo say, hey, anyone here have a favorite track they want to hear? It gives the potential buyers real world so they have a reference. And, you know, I, I, I keep seeing videos of trade show reports and they show rooms and you see people in there, the 55 and over crowd listening to something. And it's like, it just looks boring. And so audio is, you know, to me, audio music is one of my favorite things in the world. And it's definitely not boring. And even people who, you know, I see that are into like classical, I, I throw out classical because it's very cool music too. But just the demo choices, I think, I think people would be wise to start at least encouraging, you know, prospects at consumer events to kind of bring their own, you know, either a thumb drive or at least have some, you know, potential references in mind that when someone says, hey, anyone have a suggestion for title here, high res version of something that you've heard on a super mm -hmm. high res or, you know, even a much better upgraded system than they have at home, to me makes a lot more sense than what we're getting now out of demos. I, I would be so happy if I never have to hear another ACDC demo and you can send all the hate mail my way. That's fine. I don't care. Um, I don't need to I hear it say again. this. CDA two years ago, whenever the show was half empty and it was one of the best experiences ever, um, uh, there was a company that did, uh, they were selling amplifiers. But they're selling their amplifiers and at the end of the show on Friday. Uh, I'm on, I'm probably 100 foot away. I'm a few boots over. And all of a sudden, I hear the most crystal clear painting doing that. And I stopped what I was doing. And I went over there. Because so many of these music demos that people do, it's music that I don't like. It's music I don't listen to. And I have title and I have all these things. I like classic, you know, classic country. I like classic rock. I like very little of today's music. Um, but I am I'm old, so that's part of it. But the um, the thing is is that you have to match your demo material to your classic. Uh, my dad would not enjoy a kaleidoscope, a kaleidoscope demo with black panther. My kids would. Uh, my dad, I have a uh, bridge over the river Kwai, I think it's what it is. Just for my dad and my kaleidoscope. Um, so that's what, what we'll watch what, when I come over. Because that's a great film. That is agreed, 100%. Phenomenal. Um, but, but what I will say is, is the people that are doing these demos, don't forget how important what all of this is. You have to have the material. You know, you've got to have the material to attract that clientele. And one of the things that turns off the younger clientele is that these older, you know, clientele, they only want to hear their music. And they're afraid, these manufacturers are afraid that if they go into the booth and they demo, you know, something from today's music, they're going to upset these older people. Well, you know what? Get over it. You know, you can demo, you know, new rock, new rap, new country, as well as the classical music and the soundtracks. Get off the freaking soundtrack. Anyway, that 
you just have to demo for everybody. And that's something that's critical. And oftentimes I'll go into these demonstrations and I'll say, hey, you got any, can I request a song? And sometimes they do. And sometimes they look at me like I got three heads. Like, what do you mean request a song? We were told by corporate to play the three songs on this disc. You know, like, that's not a demo, man. That's, that's literally you, you showing me how your product shines, your product shines on a specific thing. That's broad perspective. So that, that would be my input is, is I think what you said is very powerful with having a different demo material. Yeah. Yeah. And just before we jump to the next topic, I, I'd make a recommendation to anybody in our world who's putting together a, a demo list, pull your clients, send, send a, to, to every client you've had in the last two years, send them a quick email. Don't send them all an email at the same time. BCC, come on, baby. Um, but send that email out and ask them to send you their three favorite songs and then take that list, compile it, put it all together, put it in a playlist with some hopefully high quality, throw it on your iPhone. And then when you are doing a project in a client's home and you want to show it off to them when you're done, go through your list and just say, Hey, you know, what do you want? And let them just grab something because they'll find something that they like really quick. So you're not spending hours searching for it on whatever they're looking for. It's great. And that list should include some Chris Bodie. You need some trumpet in your life. All right. Uh, last topic of the day. This comes to us from Residential Tech Today. Design considerations for a guest-friendly smart home. Uh, from Jay Basin, four things to consider when installing smart home technology in a guest space. Uh, read through the article, cover some really good points. Uh, I'll hit the four of them. First of all, keep it simple. Focus on safety. Choose smart switches rather than smart bulbs. Preach. Uh, turn to Alexa. Also preach. Arlen, let me let me start with you on this before we wrap up with Stephen. I read this article and the first thing that came to mind was, this is what we should be using as our template for every project, whether it's in a guest house or not. Because clients bless their heart, are stupid. They will request the dumbest thing so that when the maid comes in, Stephen's giving me the thumbs down sign and he's wrong. People will request the dumbest thing so that their housekeeper, house sitter, maid, staff, whatever you want to throw in there, can't come into the house and turn the bloody TV on. Am well, I, wrong? I would say first off, uh, to an extent, to an extent, it needs to be a little bit of a balance. You have to know who your client is that you're dealing with. And you have to remember that a lot of these clients are hiring you because custom integrator includes that word custom. And so if you're dealing with a client that wants super personalization, you're going to listen to everything they say. You're going to come back with suggestions to make things and make their lives easier but you're at least going to listen to everything they, every silly, you know, silly request that they have. And that's just part of your job, you know, in terms of just a kind of going back to the article itself. Yeah, of course, everyone, you know, we, we get the same thing out of every single case study that's sent to us. Client just wanted it to work. Client just wanted it to be as easy to operate as possible. And also if there are any guests in the house, make it simple for them to use too. And we're seeing that more anyway, because we're looking at things like 
Airbnbs that are being outfitted with smart tech. I mean, you have to be able to make it work there as long, you know, if someone goes into their Airbnb and can't, you know, turn off the motorized shades or turn on the motorized shades and move them, they're not going to have an experience that is going to leave them, you know, with a good, you know, star rating for the, for the homeowner. Uh, so I think there's, you know, a couple different ways to go about it there. That's a good point. All right, Stephen, before you get started, get off your soapbox already. <sighs> I take what Arlen said, and he is cor he's correct and accurate. Where my frustration comes and why I love articles like this is, to his point, there does need to be a balance. And I've seen so many stinking proposals where someone wanted like, a true fig light switch that was painted to match. So you couldn't see where the bloody light switch was because they didn't want to see it. It had to be pretty. Where is the balance between full custom, which I'm in favor for. That's where we make our money, but full custom with an understanding of generally accepted principles of you walk into a room and a light switch is by the door. Where's the balance? Well, that's really easy. Um, that's what we do as professionals. So that's our job. Um, there's no such thing as a good job. I know a lot of these companies don't think they are. I am one of the most trusted people to do I have a small clientele, a very large kind of You were number higher, deeper service. Uh, I am extremely trusted. Uh, I just redesigned an entire mountain for one customer and send it out to a machine and motorized mouse that has a bill. That's custom. But none of our products are awesome. As soon as you put in a Samsung TV and use the app built into it, as soon as you put in an Apple TV and use the app, that's not custom, that's standard. Um, what I will say is this. From someone who actually has an Airbnb, that's highly advanced technology, I have 70,000 of the just in the I will tell you, the customers will stay there freaking love. And since I did it, my integration skills have gotten better, and I've actually trimmed the product out of my cross line because I realized that they are not easy for the customers. So having that experience actually makes me a better integrator. And going back to, I believe, what was an old article from Steve Pro. Um, that talked about this very thing where they had a guy who said that they Airbnb their show house. That's exactly what I do. People in the Asheville area can literally Airbnb in my show. Um, and it's got a lot of stages. I mean, it's just an amazing thing. Um, but I would say that, you know, designing, you know, some of those principles are right. Uh, I don't like the idea of incorporating Alexa. Uh, the reason why is because Unless you have like a separate account just for the house, it mixes things up with email. What I like to tell people is if you come into my show house and you want to watch something on your phone, you know, just, and most people know how to do that. Uh, most people can play music that way or whatever. But I will say that don't stop doing custom. This is, and I want to say that again, don't stop doing custom. You're going to push yourself out of the job if you stop doing custom. Um, yes, these products that say they're easy to install, none of them are easy to install. 
Every time something says you need to install, rest assured, it takes a professional. Uh, a good example is a ring doorbell. I'm going to tell you right now, it's sold at Home Depot. Everybody should be able to do it. I installed dozens of them for my clients. Um, these are doctors, lawyers, scientists, very successful people. That It's not do it yourself. It's do it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't get away from custom for two reasons. Number one, that is the heartbeat of our that is what keeps us coming back to these projects. That's what stops the burnout. That is what got us all into this and is what's going to keep us here without us going absolutely crazy. And number two, we can't get new technology if everybody's using the same thing. So you have to push the envelope. You have to call manufacturers and go, hey, I made your product do this. Or, hey, I want to do this. And it's inside your spec, but it's not in the manual. How do we do it? Technology is not going to push forward for the customer industry if we don't keep it. That's not the thing. So I really like the idea, and you're right, you do have to mix it. It does need to be easy to use. But honestly, if your technology is not easy to use, then it's broken. Um, and a lot of programmers hate it when I say that. Designers hate it when I say that. Because I'll tell them, if my mom can't walk into the room and walk up to your touch panel and turn the music on, your system is broken. Because it's not and and people hate that. But that actually, I don't do client education. I put the system up there and I tell the client walk over to the panel and touch what you want to do. And keep in mind that you're touching what you want to do. That's the only client education we do. Because if it's not intuitive, like you said, the maid, the grandma, the house, whatever. If those, if it's not intuitive, then it's broken. So don't give up on touch. Yeah, that's a. Really good point, and it hurts me to say that every time Stephen makes one. All right. Um, we're joking. We're friends. Calm down. Uh, thank you both so much for joining us. We're going to wrap it up there. Stephen, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Pro Audio Georgia, where can they do that? Uh, you can reach out to me, Pro Audio underscore GA. Um, my phone number and email address is all over the web. I'm really easy to find. Um, you can look up videos. We have the greatest videos all the and um, just, just reach out to me. I love working with other integrators. I love answering questions. And it's something that I really, really, really enjoy. So don't hesitate to reach out to me. Thanks for being here, buddy. Arlen, my friend, again, congratulations. If people want to connect with you, learn more about CE Pro, where can they do that? Well, thanks again. And uh, they can go to cepro.com. They can email me at uh, arlen.schweiger at emeraldx. Dot com. That's Emerald, just plus the letter X. Uh, or, you know, hit me up on Twitter. It's just my full name. Excellent. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, for myself, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and most other social platforms. But more importantly, please stop by aviation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. Take care.